everybody. Happy Wednesday. There we go. Fantastic. Hey, do me a favor. Grab a seat for just a second. Listen, we are so pumped that you are here today. Um, look to somebody next to you and just say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Now, some of you might have lied when you said that because maybe you weren't glad the person next to you is here. But man, I'm for sure glad you're here. My name is Lewis. I'm the student pastor here. I get to hang out with you guys every week. If this is your first time, uh, we'd love to connect with you. I'd love the chance to get to know you, shake your hand, get to hear your story, um, and, uh, and just understand what, what brought you here today. Because what's cool is that everybody in here is here for a reason. Every single one of us is in here for a reason. And what I would love is if we would just take a moment Go to the Lord in prayer and just pray that God would do something really cool tonight. Can we just do that real quick? Let's pray. Father, you are good to us. We thank you, God, for just the ability to come and be a part of something like this. Just where we can kind of gather together and open your word. I pray, Father, that you would just speak truth into our lives tonight. God, be with us as we listen to your word. Be with us as we engage with it. And then eventually, Father, as we respond to it, Father, be with us tonight, and may you be glorified in everything that we do. We love you, and everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, we are pumped that you are here because there's a lot of places that you could have been, right? Um, maybe you were thinking about tonight all day today. Anybody? Just thinking about tonight, man, I cannot wait to get to church. I remember what it was like to be in school um, and uh, you want to be anywhere but there. Does anybody just like love school? Like it is just like the greatest place on the planet? All right, a handful of us. Praise God for you. You keep on doing what you're doing. Anybody just really struggle, kind of scraping by, like not sure if, you know, kind of coming to the end of the year, hoping that your grades aren't shown to any of your parents. Anybody else? A few of us? All right. Have you ever daydreamed in school that you wanted to be somewhere else? Right? Okay. So we're all kind of there. I remember we had so many times where I was just like, man, if I could be anywhere else. I remember the one time that my parents let me skip school because I was sick. Like, it felt like paradise at my house because it, like, it was just amazing. But, like, my parents were also like, listen, I don't care if you have 189 degree fever, you're still going to school. Anybody got parents like that? Doesn't matter. You're never skipping school. Right. Okay. So, like... Paradise is just one of those things that you're just like looking forward to, right? Now, I don't know what it is for you, but I imagine everybody, every one of us in the room would have a different description of what paradise for each of us would look like. So, I'd like to kind of get to know each other uh, a little bit, all right? So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do a blind ranking. So I'm going to put some pictures on the screen, and you're going to rank them as to whether or not that would be in your top five of best places to be. I've got five pictures you got five rankings. You're going to see the first one, and you're going to determine whether or not it's number one, two, three, four, or five without knowing what the next ones are. Does that make sense? You have to lock in your answer. You can't change it once you've placed a ranking on that picture. Do you understand? All right, here we go. So here's the first one. Coming up in a week and a half, we've got the Super Bowl. All right? Any 49ers fans in the house? All right. I'm praying for the 49ers because I would love to not see Taylor Swift all the time during the Super Bowl. That's, that's just me. All you Swifties that have just discovered football for the first time this season, welcome in. Um, hopefully you lose. Um, so maybe, so where does this rank? Picture yourself 
50-yard line, perfect seats. This is a spot, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In terms of paradise, top five, where does this rank for you? All right, put, someone, put a number up for me so I can see where you're at. Five, don't even care, could care less. Four, all right, we got a lot of fives. Okay, all right. I respect two. Oh, okay. We got some football fans. All right. Keep that ranking there. That, that picture is locked in at whatever ranking you just shared with me. All right. Let's go to the next one. Oh, the beach. Oh, man. A hammock between two trees. Oh, it's just perfect. Maybe a nice cold sweet tea. Where does this rank for you? Let's see it. Let's see it. All right. So for me, it's definitely five. The beach is the worst. Sand everywhere, just hot and sweaty. You have to lug all of your wife's and kids' things out to the beach just to lug them all the way back to the car. I'm essentially a pack mule when I go to the beach. No, thank you. All right, hold up your rankings. Where is it at? All right, got some threes. Got a two. Anybody just number one? Yeah, a couple number one. All right, you crazy. All right. No, yeah, I can tell. All right, number three. Oh. Oh. We're so close. I got some fives? Fives for Disney? The most magical place on the earth? We got a couple ones over here, some twos. All right. All right. I respect it. Listen, I love standing in lines for three hours at a time, sweating with screaming kids and, play, and paying $48 for a pretzel. I love it too. I get it. All right, keep that ranking, lock it in. All right, here's the fourth one. Oh, oh, the mountains. A good book. Oh, just right by the fire. Just, who in here has never seen a mountain in person? Just been in Florida your whole life. Well, I'm so sorry. It's a rough life, I get it. All right, so lock in your rankings. Okay, so here's the deal. You've already got four of them, and they've ranked. You only have one spot left. I want you to hold up the finger or fingers that represent that spot. How, what, what ranking do you have left? Hold it up. We got a couple fives left, some fours. I got a couple number ones left. Well, let me tell you, you will not regret the number one place that we consider paradise, Bell Shoals Church. Congratulations. Those of you who saved it as number one, you're the real, you're the real people. Those of you who did not, you can change your rankings to make Bell Shoals number one. More specifically, that's actually not just Bell Shoals. That is Movement Weekend. I'll tell you what, it's coming by, it's coming quick. Register if you have not yet. Listen, I can't guarantee you paradise, but it's going to be pretty sweet. So we, you need to sign up. Listen. Now, every one of us, if I were to give you a pen and a piece of paper, if I were to give you a pen and a piece of paper and I said, hey, listen, I want you to, to write up what the most, the, the best picture of paradise would be. And you just started listing stuff out. I imagine every one of us would probably have a different response, right? Well, what we know about the Bible, and as we continue in our study called Heaven Invade, where we're talking about really big things. Tonight, we're going to talk about the paradise that God has set up for us. We call it heaven. 
And maybe you've never thought about this. Maybe heaven was just a place for you or just like it's just kind of out there somewhere and it's just something that maybe one day we'll do when we're good enough to be up there or whatever the case is. Whatever you think about heaven, it's important for us to understand it because this is kind of what God has set up for those that love him. And we're going to kind of dive into that just a little bit. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be kind of all over the place a little bit to kind of start to build a case as to what God would have to say about heaven. But, but I need you to know something on the front end. Full transparency, the Bible, the Bible is not incredibly clear about every aspect of heaven. There is a level of mystery because heaven is just that amazing. It can't really be contained with human words. So there's a lot of things that we don't know about heaven. So if you go into small groups tonight and you're asking, you're grilling your leaders, like, listen, I need to know this, this, and this. You have to understand that there are lots of things that we don't really understand about heaven, but there are some things that we do understand about heaven. But before we kind of get into what is it actually like, we do need to understand kind of why we are drawn to heaven. Our ultimate purpose in life, and this is clear in Scripture, our ultimate purpose in life is to glorify God. I don't know if you knew that. If somebody asks you, hey, what's the purpose of life? The answer is, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, if you have a biblical worldview, the answer is to glorify God. Well, we see that in a number of passages. I'll throw a couple up there for you to see. The first is Psalm uh, chapter 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Raise your hand if you have breath. So guess what your purpose is? To praise the Lord, right? If you have breath, praise the Lord, clear in Scripture. The next one, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Have you ever thought about this? Whatever it is that you do, so whether you eat, or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How many of y'all ate today? How many of y'all did anything else today? Did you do every bit of that to the glory of God? Because that's what the Bible's called us to do. We exist to glorify God. Now, what happened was, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but what happened was God set us up in paradise from the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden Man messed it up by sinning, and sin entered into the world, and now there's this pull back into what God had originally planned as paradise for each of us. So because of that, there's actually this longing and desire inside each and every one of us to go back to heaven. This is why we actually engage in things on earth that bring us joy. We try to find this sort of God-sized hole that exists in each and every one of us. We try to fill that void with other things when actually what we're longing for is heaven. Take a look at Philippians chapter 3. It's kind of where I asked you to be. Um, this is verse 20. Check this out. Philippians 3 verse 20 says this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. So each and every one of us that are believers, saved by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ, our citizenship, we do not belong here. You ever been in a place where you just feels like you don't belong? You're not supposed to be there. It feels awkward. It feels weird. Whatever the case is, like, this is kind of what earth is for, for those of us that believe. It's this... I mean, I'm engaging in earth to try and get to all of the things that I want, that God has designed me 
to desire, which is paradise. And I'm trying to use the earthly things to fill a void that earthly things can't fill. Because God has created us to glorify him, there is always going to be this longing for heaven. This longing to glorify God. Now, what does that mean to glorify God? Like, what is it that you can do this week to glorify God? Because for some of us, maybe that's the first time we've even heard of the word glorify. Okay? I want you to think of this statement. This is a, a famous pastor said this, said it this way. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Did you hear that? God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. When we are going out after the world to try and find the things that are going to satisfy our longing desires, which tend to be sinful tendencies... If we go out and try to find those things, then that, that is not finding full satisfaction in God. We're trying to find those things in the world. But if we can understand that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him, we'll understand this longing for heaven, for this paradise. So we have to understand that when we're talking about heaven, it's not just something that exists somewhere that we're just trying to like, maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. We are all designed by God to want that. We just find satisfaction in other things instead in the meantime. So, understanding that, let's figure out what is heaven like? What is it like? Staying there in Philippians chapter 3, we're citizens of heaven. That's important to know. We have to understand that. But here's what the, body sa- or this, here's what the Bible says. But our citizenship is in heaven... And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body. He will transform our lowly body to be more like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So here's what's cool. We all get new bodies. Now, I don't know if you know what the heavenly body looks like. I'm guessing it's probably similar to this. I've been working on this for a little while. All right. I didn't get an amen or a hallelujah, nothing. It's too late now. I understand that you're repulsed by this. I get it. It's fine. Maybe maybe you have that whatever it is. Listen, God is going to give us new bodies. Praise God. Amen. All right, some of you are like, this is perfect, I'm fine, good for you. All right, I'm pumped that I'm getting a new body. Here's what the Bible says. What what is that new body going to look like? Well, if we just saw right here, it says this. uh, We will, we'll wait to save your Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will transform our lowly body. Every one of us has a lowly body. And then he will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. So we will actually have bodies that were similar, that are similar to Jesus' body when he was resurrected. Now, if you know the story, Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and then what happened? He rose from the dead. Good job, class. It's great. He rose from the dead. Now that doesn't mean that the body that was killed is just like reopened and this just say, oh, this is just what it is. He actually received a new body. There were still some scars. There were still some markings on it. But there was a new body that was set up to be in heaven when he ascended into heaven after the resurrection. The Bible says that our bodies will be similar to Christ's body. Now, we don't know what that looks like. All right? So, again, 
There's a lot of things that we don't know about heaven, but we know that there will be a physical body, because Jesus had a physical body after his resurrection, and it will be a new body. That should be an encouragement to all of us. I'm going to go back. I think I skipped a slide. There's a passage in Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. Check this out. This gives us a a glimpse into what heaven's going to be like. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship in it. We actually gather a lot of information just from this short verse. The the first is this. Um, Number one, understanding that that this is John writing the book of Revelation, and he has he's been revealed a glimpse of heaven. This is Jesus has, has given him this vision of heaven, and so he's kind of describing what he's seeing. But he says, no longer will there be anything accursed. Every one of us is affected by sin. This is why tragedy exists. This is why sickness exists, pain, sin in general, and our struggle with sin. We all are battling something. When we get to heaven, none of that exists. Now, that should be an encouragement to us. No pain, no death, no tragedy. Man, has anybody ever said, like, man, it just feels like I can't catch a break? Gone through a hard time? Walking through a trial that it just feels like, man, I just can't, what am I supposed to do? I just, every single time I turn, something bad happens to me. Maybe that's kind of where you're at. Well, listen, in heaven, the place that God has prepared for us, there's none of that. That should be an encouragement to us. This is something that I, I'd never considered until about maybe about two and a half years ago. Um, so my mom, my mom had dealt with cancer, was sick for quite a long time. Um, but she was on her, she was in hospice for about two weeks. She was like, kind of like on her deathbed, if you will. That's kind of what hospice means. Um, and so she was like just preparing to die. And it was the first time when I was talking to, to my dad who kind of explained some of the things that my mom went through, like physically, all the pain, the hurt, the sickness, the cancer, that it just kind of riddled her body. She was in chemo, so it was just really aggressive on her body, and ultimately that's why she died. But it was the first time that I had ever considered, you know what? You know what the most exciting thing about going to heaven is? We'll never struggle with sin again. There will never be a desire for us to choose anything else over God. We'll never struggle with that. Man, in this room right now, there are lots of different struggles with sin. Things that we're engaging in that we know we shouldn't engage in. But man, in heaven, nothing is accursed. No pain, no sorrow, no sadness, and no sin. That's crazy. So we see in there, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. In heaven, we will see God on his throne, his rightful place. He's sitting on his throne in all his majesty, and we don't know exactly what that looks like, nor could we fathom that. But he is sitting there, and then it says right there, and the lamb will be in it. Which is who? Come on, Sunday school. Jesus, thank you. The lamb, Jesus Christ, will be seated at the right hand, so we'll see that in all of its glory. That's going to be so cool to see. But then it says, and his servants will worship in it. So because all of us are designed to glorify him, we will have an opportunity to do that in this giant, incredible, massive worship service. But it's interesting that they call us servants because we will actually have jobs and different things that we will do to serve God in heaven. 
That's encouraging. So, some of us might think, oh, well, heaven's going to be boring. It's just going to be just like this, some random church service where somebody, some weird-looking youth pastor is going to come up here and be like, well, hey, guys, how's it going? Like, it's not, it's very different than, my, than what we might think. And it's because, it's because not only will we be in, in the presence of God being able to praise him, but there will be aspects of things that we will do in heaven outside of that. And that's an encouragement. That should be an encouragement to us. So who is going to be there? Are relatives going to be there, and will we know them? The answer is, is yes, we will know them. Now, the relationship in which we have with them might be a little different, depending on the relationship you had, because all of us will then start to be one bride of Christ. So it'll look different. It won't be like, oh, like, like this is our family and this is your family. We are now all one family in complete unity in the presence of a holy God. So we'll still see those that have our loved ones that have passed away and, um, and maybe our, our different family members that are along the way. We'll, we'll be reunited with those that are believers. But it will look different because all of us will be in unity in the presence of a holy God. And then obviously, God will be there. And that, I don't know, I don't know if what you were thinking when, when, you were, when we talked about like, hey, write down in your journal or some piece of paper what heaven would look like. But there's a chance that every one of us would have described something, and there's a chance that a lot of us wouldn't have put God on that list. Someone once asked kind of famously, he said, what if, what if I could guarantee you heaven? You could have all of heaven, but not God. Would you want it? Everything that you could think of. You can, you can draw up the most perfect paradise ever. You could just draw it up, and I would guarantee that it would be yours, but if it did not have God, would you want it? And unfortunately, if we're honest with ourselves, there's probably a lot of times when we would say, yeah, we'll still take it because it's better than here. But man, there is a reality that exists because of who God is that our desire and our mindset, because we, our, our bodies and our souls yearn for heaven, once we are there, our complete um, dependency, everything that we are will just be so focused on the most incredible being on in the world, right, in the universe, that we now get to spend time in worship in perfect communion with God. That should be exciting. So then it begs the question, if all of these things are true, then what, like, what else is there? There's a, there's a passage that says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, check this out, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man can imagine what God has prepared for those that love him. So even if we scout through all the Bible and we start looking through every passage that has the word heaven in it and says, and we say like, all right, listen, I want to get the most perfect description of what heaven is. I want everything that I can possibly find on heaven in God's word so that I can know exactly what I'm getting myself into. The reality is, is that heaven is so great that not even any one of us, no eye, no eye, no ear, no heart, no mind can even imagine. Now, some of us have great imaginations, right? Raise your hand if you're just like an imaginative person. Great, crazy, like awesome. Good for you. You can't do it. You cannot imagine the heaven that is waiting for those that love Jesus. And that should be an encouragement for us. Man, God is 
is currently actively preparing a place for each and every one of us because of who he is. So here's the last and most important question we've got. How do I get there? How do we get there? Now, a lot of us in the room might say, oh, you just, you just got to be a good person. Maybe you've heard that before. That's a common misconception maybe that we're like, oh, well, just, it, it, all the good people will get to go to heaven. If you're good enough, you get to go to heaven. That's not really what the Bible teaches. Are there people who have done really good things that don't go to heaven? Yeah. Because there's really only one way that God has set up to have us have heaven accessible to us. And that is through Jesus Christ. Take a look at this, John 14, verse 6. What does the Bible say right here? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes through the Father except through me. And we talk about this giant story. God had set up for us to be in paradise with him. Sin entered the world. Because that sin entered the world, we are now separated from God. And all throughout our life, we have lived in aggressive rebellion against God. We have done everything that God has told us not to do and said, I'm just going to continue to do that anyways. There are lots of rebels in the room that struggle with sin. And so because of that, our, we, in our rebellion, we have run away from God. But what God did is he set something up where he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. That's, that's wild. That even in, the Bible says that while we were enemies of God, he died for us. That's insane. So through Jesus, which is why the Bible says right there that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Through Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus, God has used that means to have us be restored to what God had originally planned for us to live in paradise with him. And so I ask you, where, where are you at in that? Do you know if you're even going to heaven? We can talk about it all night. We can, we can spend more time finding more verses to find out what it's like. But at the end of the day, if we're not even going there because we don't have a relationship with Jesus, then, then we're really not needing to talk about this at all. God made a way for each and every one of us to be in heaven with him. And the way we do that is through Jesus Christ. And if you have never, if you've never thought about that or considered that, I would love to have a conversation with you at some point today. I'll, I'll be in the back of the room in just a little bit. We'll sing some songs and, and I'll be in the back of the room. If you, if you just want to talk about that, hey man, what does that even look like? How do I really get into heaven? I want to talk with you about that. If you just want to pray, man, there's a lot of things going on in my life. I, I would love to pray with you as well. But man, heaven is a beautiful place that God has designed for us, for his glory and for us. And if, if we are not careful, we can miss heaven because our thought is we just have to be good people. But that is not what the Bible teaches. Heaven is a glorious, glorious place. I want to read this to you. This is, this is Revelation chapter 4. And I want you to just, I want you to just think about this. Let, let's do this for a second. I, I just want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes, and I just want you to listen 
to these words. I want you to picture this as best you can. I know the Bible said that nobody can imagine this, but I want you to picture the best you can these words and understand them, all right? Listen, this is what the Bible says. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. The first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And all of a sudden, there's four living creatures, each of them with six wings. And you'll see this in, in this passage. There's a lot of descriptions of things that, that are just praising God. But you'll see with these six wings, full of eyes around and within, and day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Just picture this right now. You in heaven, surrounded by all of these creatures, the unity of all of the people and believers, people that, that, have, that have been in heaven, Bible people, people from the Bible that we've read about and talked about, all in heaven, sitting around the throne of God, Jesus at the right hand, and just being able to praise God, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I hope that one day when I reach heaven, and one day when you reach heaven, that we will stand arm in arm, hand in hand, praising a holy God who has prepared a place and given us a longing to pursue that place and then made a way by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. And if that's not something that you have experienced, if you do not know the salvation that's so, that's so freely given to us by God, I would love to talk with you tonight. Let's pray. Father, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can even imagine what you have in store for each and every one of us. And so God, I pray that you would help us to understand the weightiness behind that. God, that you would help us to understand that you, you cared about us enough to design us with heaven in mind. And I pray, God, that you would help us to not look to earthly things to fill this God-sized hole inside each and every one of us. Father, that we would be full because of you. Father, may we be so satisfied in you that you be glorified in us. God, use this time. Use tonight as an opportunity for us to respond to who you've called us to be. And may we in these next few moments not talk, not struggle, not distract, but instead give praise and worth to an incredibly holy, incredibly powerful, and incredibly loving God. May we do this together with a heart of humility. We thank you, Father, for the truth of your word and pray that you would just be with us right now as we respond. We ask this in your name. Amen.